My ambitions are simple and pure and easy. To be cheering Arsenal's success in the Premier League despite yesterday's results. To be celebrating England at the top of the rugby championship table because no one will get a grand slam and we will celebrate the Borthwick era and also to be six foot three and three stone lighter. So apart from that, not much, not much on at the moment, is there? Um, J. John, some of you will know J. John, a speaker and evangelist, said, if we don't live by priorities, we will live by pressures. If we don't live by priorities, we'll live by pressures. Isn't that the, isn't that the truth? And our theme for this year, I hope you know, is, is, is up there, courageous Courageous resistance. And I want to just perhaps even more emphasize this is not a negative, we're not understanding these words in, in, a, in a negative way. We're understanding the way that the Bible talks about courage, courage to do what is right, courage to, to be servants of others, courage to, to walk the way of the cross, courage to sacrifice. Courage to love others, courage to reach out to, to, to others. And resistance, again, we're not talking actually, of course it's got a negative connotation to it, but we're so much thinking about resistance in the sense of, of freedom fighting, that kind of sense of you know, not being moulded, any of us, by the stuff that, that, that's going on and that's rubbish around. And we want to be in it together. So we've used the, you know, we've used the image from Ephesians 6 when we had that whole series on Ephesians 6 and the armour that the centurion wears. But we were thinking about it as our spiritual armour, the armour that God the Holy Spirit gives to us. And we thought about lots of different dynamics about it. You know, you put the helmet on, the, the mindset of Jesus. You've got a, a breastplate of righteousness, you know, the right things over your heart. You've got a, a, a shield of faith that you can, you can hold up against the, the arrows that, that come through at us, or, you know, all of us face. And we need the shield of faith and there's a sword um, of God's word, etc. But, but belt of truth. Um, we were talking about the, the, the footwear that the Roman centurions used, and it was part of the dynamic, as I understand it. I'm sure there's a historian in the room who will put me exactly right. But for the purposes of what I'm saying this morning, those footwear that enabled you to both stand firm, there's that sense of resistance. Maybe, you, you know, the language of dig your heels in. And we've been doing that a little bit with our Daniel series just over the last few, few weeks. Haven't we? If you've been with us on it, you know, sort of, what does it mean to dig your heels in and say, no, you know, that isn't right. That's upside down thinking. I want to be right way up. Uh, I want to be God's way up. And, and, and so you dig your heels in and we're having to, having to do that. We are having to do that. You know, I'm, I am, I'm sure you are, um, you know, all kinds of things that pressurize us. All those adverts telling us, you know, the, the perfect holiday will only be this. The perfect life will only be this. The, the perfect person will only, only be this. And we're going to dig our heels in. But also, also, you know, that footwear that those Roman centurions wore enabled them to move quickly. So we've got this sense of dig your heels in, you know, kind of uh, whoever was the, uh, the, the, you know, the guy, the South African guy who scored a try yesterday. He was wearing... You know, had the studs on, didn't he? Which enabled him. I'm not bitter and twisted about it, but he's very good. It's an excellent try. But you know, he his studs enabled him to both stand firm and took the ball, took some hits. But then he was able to move quickly, wasn't he? So it's front foot thinking. 
And it connects with our vision as a, as a church. Actually, I haven't used these words precisely for a little while, but, but to be all in with God, to be all in with each other, um, and to be all in for the world. And, and it, those are the three kind of areas, the three themes that, that we have explored as a, as a church family over the five years, that six years nearly, Nikki and I have been here. And I haven't shown this image for a while, but you may remember those of you around, um, the image of the wild salmon, not the farm salmon. So you weren't around, you know, some of you, of course, and it's lovely to have you with us. But on the night before I was interviewed for this role, um, I had a, had a dream, had a picture in, my, in, my, in my, you know, my heart the Lord gave me. And it was a trinity to be a wild salmon. And of course, please... Don't read too much into the negative sort of alternative of farmed salmon. But I just felt, you know, so the Lord was more speaking to me about Trinity's calling forward. And, and last week or the week before, Tim was talking about, you know, um, only dead, sal- you know, dead salmon float down the stream, don't they? It's only alive salmon that, that swim. What does it mean for us to, yeah, be these wild salmon all in with each other, all in, sorry, all in with God, all in for the world? Uh, all in with God, all in with each other, and all in for the world. Today, I want to talk a little bit about front foot thinking when it comes to the question of purpose and the question of ambition. And, And I know that there's going to be a lot of you here who will have heard these kind of things, you'll be thinking about these things um, a lot already and, and much more than I've got time to go in this morning. And I, I just have a sense that for quite a few of this, is just going to be a little prompter from the Lord, that the Holy Spirit, God with us again, if you're new and that's not language you're familiar with, but we're really believing that God is speaking in our hearts and in our minds. And he, he wants us to leave here today in a different way to actually how we arrive. So the things that are burdening us, he wants to receive those, take those from us. And he wants to give us, you know, give us a real sense of a bigger vision for ourselves, a bigger understanding for ourselves and in this arena of purpose and ambition. Because I, I wonder if you might agree with me that I think in Christian circles, sometimes purpose, ambition can feel like they're almost dirty sort of words or, or difficult concepts. You shouldn't be ambitious You know, should I have ambition as your leader? Or are you sort of kind of thinking, well, it's okay, Andrew, for us to have ambition because we have to, but you, you must clearly not be ambitious at all. And well done, you're doing really well at that. We've got got such powerful forces, haven't we? We've got the media, TV, film, influencers. That wasn't a word when I was growing up. And, And, you know, our understanding about purpose and our understanding about ambition is being so impacted. And it's basically because it's all about um, extrinsic, I can't even say it, extrinsic rewards, external rewards, isn't it? Recognition, my, my paycheck, and sadly, perhaps a sense of just having more than others. Fruit of that, anxiety, lack of joy, work is a, a drudge, and confusion. I love uh, Ben Fogel's program, New Lives in the Wild. Anyone else ever watch that and think, oh Lord, please, please call me. Not to a jungle, but Australia would be nice. Uh, We watch it, don't we? There's a picture, there's an image of that. 
Ben Fogel. And behind it is a real truth here about people who are wanting to say, no, those external kind of sense of reward are not what it's about. It's something internal. It's intrinsic purpose. Who am I? Ambition. What am I called to give myself to? Steve Jobs, uh, Apple uh, found a, this quote on the, on the screens now. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. And buy an iPhone 16 Pro as soon as it... But there's truth, isn't there? And there's absolute truth in that. What I'd say is, I wonder whether the, the, the perspective there is all about looking, looking inside. We have, and again, I'm not telling you things you don't already know, but I'm just challenging in this year to, to not only dig your heels in, but to be on the front foot. The truth is, we have good news to live out and to share with others, don't we? John 10.10, John the Gospel writer says, the thief comes only to steal, sorry, records Jesus saying, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, talking about the evil one, the devil. And we've recognized in this courageous resistance series, the reality of evil and the reality of the spiritual battle. That's why it's got to be spiritual armor we wear. The thief comes only to steal. So what's being said here by Jesus is that the devil is wanting to steal away from us true purpose, true ambition. He wants to kill and destroy. So destroy good purpose, good sense of ambition. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. I wonder if you have felt uncomfortable about thinking about purpose or ambition. And actually, that's because you're not having a sense of how God wants to bless you. Here's a bit of the Bible that I wanted just to go into briefly. Mark 10, 17, 27, just to pull out some, some thoughts from. And again, it'll be a familiar pattern, uh, uh, passage to, to lots of it. But just again, Holy Spirit, I'm just inviting, would you come and as you speak, in the ways you've already been doing so, would you, would you come with a sense of what full life means for each one of us and where where the evil one is, is stealing joy and purpose and twisting our thinking, would you, would you come? Bring your freedom. So here's Mark 10, 17 to 27. As Jesus started on his way, a, a man ran up to him, some Bible translations, a, a rich young ruler, rich young man, runs up to him and falls on his knees before him. Note, note how you know, significant and, and, and kind of the sense of wholeheartedness that there is in it. Good teacher, but notice he calls him teacher, not Lord. Good teacher asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Good question. Right question. Right question for a religious person of the day. So it's, a, it's an appropriate thing. Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. It's actually a challenge to say, do you, do you really know who you're talking to? 
You've called me teacher. But actually, have you seen something in me? Is there anyone here today who feels a sense of who there is in Jesus that's beyond just good teaching, beyond just a really good model to follow, but God alone? Next slide. Thank you, Jacob. You're doing such a good dog. Uh, job, dog. Um, Jesus said, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give full testimony. You shall not defraud. Honour your father and mother. Now, that's a checklist of a framework of living. It's not the things matter. Please don't go out here and say, Andrew said it's okay to murder. Um, the specifics matter, but actually there's a framework, isn't there, in the Old Testament law, in the Ten Commandments. I hope you know that. These are describing appropriate ways of living, right living, appropriate ways of having relationships. It's all about relationship. Are you living right in relationship with each other and, of course, with God? That's what's there. Teacher, he declared, still teacher, he declared, all these things I've kept since I was a boy. Next slide. Thanks, Jacob. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Please see that. Jesus looks at him and loves him. He looks at us and loves us. One thing you lack, he said. So Jesus has spiritual insights. Again, we're in this whole Courageous Resistance series. We're just keeping repeating. Worldly stuff, worldly weapons, worldly thinking is not up to the job. We need spiritual eyes. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. All of us would go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's all I have to do. Right, leave it with me. But unusually, at this, <laughs> the man's face fell. So, yeah, there's a deliberate, I always preach to myself as much as share anything of God's word. Go and sell everything you have. Are you wholehearted, Andrew? You've, you've repeated several times, all in with God, all in with each other, all in for the world. Are you, Andrew? Give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, Andrew's face fell. He went away and said, because he had great wealth. Sad, because he had great wealth and needs glasses. Jesus looked round and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Yeah. Clearly a passage that only applies to Steve Jobs, All those other people who I think are rich. But it does, doesn't it? It doesn't, does it? It's us. You see, we can be on the front foot because, because we have good news. There is treasure for us in heaven. We're not living the world's way. We know, and here's a piece of wisdom from one of the oldest statements of the Christian faith, faith the Westminster Catechism. That's a, a long word for saying basically kind of, you know, thinking about all the things that shape 
following Jesus, our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. If that sentence stopped after the word God, it would be a very different meaning, wouldn't it? Our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Joy, that quality inside, not the same as happiness. Happiness depends on the externals. Joy is the intrinsic sense of purpose and appropriate ambition. It's based in the Bible truth, isn't it, that putting God first, and we know this, don't we, friends, know this, but are we living it? Putting God first leads to everything else following being the right way up. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Here's the message version of it. Deliberately, I've put it up there because it might just wake some of us up out of a kind of... Steep your life in God reality. God initiative. God provision. Steep. Are you all in, Andrew? Don't worry about missing out. So put your hand up if you've checked your social media 15 times in the time that I've been speaking, just to make sure that no one has got whatever. My phone has been buzzing. Fear of missing out is massive. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Not might be met, will be met. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. That'll put you on the front foot don't worry about missing out. Front foot thinking. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. The thief comes to steal. God comes to give life. So we already know our main purpose. And we already know our most life-giving ambitions, don't we? Contrary to what the world tries and pressures us with, contrary to that view that it's all about the external stuff, money and celebrity and all of those things, it's the intrinsic, it's the inside stuff. It's pursuing, seeking first God's kingdom and everything else follows. That young ruler appeared to have that uh, perspective, didn't he? But in reality, he wasn't putting God first. He was kind of going through the motions, probably in a really serious way. Just like those lovely Mormons with their little badges calling themselves elder, so you think they're more important than you. Just like those lovely little Jehovah's Witnesses honestly, genuinely admire their courage in knocking on our doors. They think they're doing the right things. They're doing God, you know, kind of religious stuff. But it's the heart. It's the heart, isn't it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. We've sung it this morning. Are we living it? The second is this. Love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Here's purpose. Here's ambition for every single one of us. And so, friends, I've got a real shock, horror piece of news for you. Life will not 
necessarily be better at all. If you change your job, change your partner, have a different house, be six foot three, well, actually, that might help. The really shocking news is here, Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You are on the front line of the kingdom of God. You are perfectly shaped to be you. And your first place, the first place of mission in this church is not here. It's where you're going to be later today and tomorrow. You are the on mission people in Trinity. And your first place for purpose and ambition is wherever God has called you. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed... Are you doing it for the Lord? I told you it wasn't going to be revolutionary what I was saying this morning because you know this. I know this. But do you believe it? Are you living it? Because those pressures, those forces saying, bigger house, better job, promotion, And sadly, sadly, different partner, different whatever, are huge. If you haven't realized that you need to dig your heels in against untruth, then please wake up, smell the coffee, caffeinated or uncaffeinated, smell the roses, do wake up. The pressure is huge. I would be so much happier leading a different church. I really would. All my problems would just disappear. So please don't hear any sanctimonious rubbish from me that I've kind of got this sorted. Hear the truth. These pressures are huge on us. God has given us, though, the best purpose, the best ambition. And yeah, he will have personal things for you as well. Don't don't hear me wrong on this. We are all wonderfully and fearfully made. We are a unique fusion of personality, gifting, circumstances, and and experience. It's right to ask God for the more personal. But my question is, first and foremost, are you serving on your front line where you are now? Are you looking what you already have in your hands? And are you living it out? Find purpose in the kingdom of God and everything else will then follow. Friends, if you want to find the personal calling, I haven't got time to go into a lot today, but here it comes up on the screen. You can't shortcut it. It does involve prayer. Next slide, thanks, Jacob. It does involve prayer. Are you praying enough? Are you listening enough in prayer? Or are you just telling God what he should do? Welcome to my world. Are you digging into the Bible? Really digging into God's word? It is the word of God in your hand. We know this. Maybe some of us early in our faith journey 
Maybe some of us here today wanted to say, I'd love to meet with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. I'd love to meet God. Here are the things that he's given to us. If you want to have sense of personal purpose, ambition, here you go. Psalm 119, the songbook of the Bible. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Silence and solitude. Again, I'm just repeating. Have you, do you listen enough? How many of us, frankly, say, if only God would tell me what my purpose in life is and the answer to this question, and God is going, yeah, if only I could get a word in edgeways. Do you seek wise counsel? You can seek lots of counsel, advice. We're a community of faith. Thank you if you're an older member of this church family. Thank you if you've been walking with Jesus a while. You're not irrelevant. You, you are the people we need to be coming to for wise counsel and advice. Do you have someone in your life who mentors you, who's further ahead on the road? Yeah, okay, they might not have lived in a world, in a sense, when they were growing up where, you know, iPhone 473 every day, but they've got wisdom. And then the last one, which is the absolute truth to everything. Are you trusting and are you acting? Are you being obedient? The Bible tells us that God's unfolding will comes as we act, as we step out. When Nikki and I got married, we actually had to leave the building and walk off together into married life. Everything had been promised to us in the words of the service. I've got the ring on still today to prove it. But if we'd gone in different cars, we had to live it. And we had been living it for nearly 35 years. Praise God. For you, what does it mean? To live faith as an active verb. It's why as a church family we talk about rule of life. Wouldn't be an Andrew talk near the beginning of a year if I didn't mention it. But the reason I mention it, the reason I ask the question about your framework of life is because, as I always say, you've already got one. You've already got a rule of life. You already have habits that you are following right now. So the question is, are they producing the fruits that you would hope? And if your pattern of living now, particularly in this arena of your sense of purpose, your sense of ambitions, your sense of joy is not producing is not producing that, then something has to change. And it's always a daily habit. Friends, we can trust that God has good things for us. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has purpose for every single one of us here. Here's a little tool, just very briefly to flash it up before we pray together. Shape is quite an, a little easy way, I think, actually, if you want to, if you're truly going to listen and then you're going to put into practice what you hear. It's quite a little easy tool, not original to me. Shape, what are your spiritual gifts? What are the things that God has put in you as spiritual gifts? We all have at least one spiritual gift. What's your heart? What are you passionate for? 
What are you bothered about? God's wired you in a particular way. What are your abilities, your natural strengths, those spiritual gifts, but your natural talents and strengths? Your personality, how are you wired? And experience, what can you look back on and see? Where have you feel, felt alive or where do you really feel alive? And in my experience, in a context of a, a framework of prayer and Bible and listening and counsel, that kind of combination of questions is where the Lord works to help us discern our particular calling. That would be my story about being called out from the real world into this, as I often provocatively say. I told you it wasn't going to be rocket science, and it hasn't been, has it, really? But hopefully it's just been used by the Lord.